Welcome to the Enduring Churches Podcast. I'm Alan, and I'm so grateful to be here with Trent today. We are, are excited to help you and your church endure, because that's what that's why we're here. Part of enduring is finding ways to get through the challenges of life. And Trent, we've got some special guests with us to help us do that today. So why don't you introduce our guests to us? I'd be glad to. I'm so excited because about seven months ago, we got to know, Dana and I got to know, Bill and Jennifer Rogers, and um, just super neat people. I, I'm excited about what they do, and I, I want them to tell their story more than me. And so, but uh, they work with uh, blended families, with step families, and they have an amazing podcast and website. And, and just want you to have the opportunity to get to know them um, because I know this is an area that as pastors, we struggle with. We don't really know how to deal with this very well. And so um, I really want to offer this uh, opportunity to get to know Bill and Jen a little bit more and they can help us all learn better. So Bill and Jen, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It's you. a pleasure. Yeah. Well, uh, so as we get started, I want to just throw you under the bus here, you know, <laughs> tell us your story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us, tell us about yourselves and your story because I, I've gotten to know you and I, I just, you have an amazing story and I love what you do. And so will you all kind of share that with, with us and, and uh, we'll get started that way. Yeah. Our, our story. I, I mean, it begins uh, really where a lot of stories begin, that's with disobedience, right? I mean, you know, the Lord says, if you love me, you'll obey me, right? But not all of us do, even those who are in the ministry from time to time. So both of us came out of broken homes and meaning that we were uh, very much part of breaking those homes. And that's, uh, it's hard to admit, but our God is a very forgiving God. And we can both testify that when you submit yourself to the Lord, he's about second chances and he's about grace. And we've learned a lot about that. And what we've realized as we were going along, we were struggling. We created what's called a blended family. That's when two families that were different families all of a sudden come together and you've got just tentacles going everywhere. And you didn't realize it. You didn't think about it. You just thought, hey, we know about relationships. We can, we can do this thing. So we began the process of blending, and we found that it was a lot harder than we had banked on or not banked on. And uh, from there, we've, we've decided, uh, as we've learned and as we've licked our bruises, uh, to help others who are going through the same kind of situations. So... I would say it much more succinctly. Here's how I would say it. We had this starry-eyed love affair and we were so thankful that we had met our soulmate and we were gonna get married and everything was gonna be amazing because we knew all the mistakes that we weren't gonna repeat before, except we had never blended before. And how I would describe it is that that starry-eyed love affair got sucked into a black hole of chaos and confusion and it was really dark in there. So dark, in fact, that no matter what we tried to do, it wasn't working because we were so caught up in the onslaught of transition and trying to figure out what our roles were in our new family 
and not really understanding the significant level of transition that our kids were experiencing. So you put all that together and it, it was really, really difficult. In fact, the we were not unlike many other blended couples in the sense that the first two years are the worst two years and the likelihood of divorce is significant. So we are on a mission to prevent re-divorce. And that is where Step Family Mission Possible comes from, that we really have a passion for helping couples avoid a lot of those pitfalls that we experienced because we just didn't know. And we went into it thinking that the skills that we had were the right skills that we needed for our second marriage. And while some of the tools in our tool belt were usable, we just had to use them differently and we didn't know what to do. So there was a lot of disappointment, a lot of fear, uh, a lot of, am I going to fail again? Because the first marriage failed, maybe uh, this was not a good decision. And in fact, for many blended couples, their family members will say, this is not a good idea. They don't know why they're saying that. Maybe they don't like the person that you're remarrying, but you don't get a lot of support from your family. And so when you're caught up in that, you don't really have a place to reach out. When you go to church, you don't want to raise your hand and say, I'm in a blended family and I'm struggling because you do have this fear of failure. And so churches lack significant resources to minister to step families. So one of our goals today is to say, hey, find your who instead of how you actually don't have to figure out how to do this. You just need to find the right people who can help you because pastors have enough on their plates already. Ministry teams have enough on their plates. So there are resources available that can help you meet the needs of blended families. So why do you guys think that this is an area where the, the church has kind of almost been afraid to, uh, to jump into? Well, because we in the church, especially among pastors, I mean, we promote marriage so heavily, right? We don't even want to acknowledge divorce. I mean, when we see divorce, that's a sin, right, Alan? I mean, that's a sin. I mean, we, we gotta we gotta avoid that. There are two sides of divorce. There's this side and that side. This side, you bet. We want to throw every resource we possibly can throw out to help couples stave that off. You know, because we know God hates divorce. We know it. Uh, I don't think those people know it. And I think they need to know a little more than they think they know. But once they have crossed that line, then the equation changes. Now it's not a matter of don't divorce, don't divorce. Now it's grace. Now it is learning how to apply a tourniquet. Because now you've got a broken person. And, and one of the things we're so good at in our churches is eating our you know, are hurting. We really do. I mean, we know how to beat up people who are hurting. And, and it is something that honestly, we have to cut it out, right? I mean, Jesus came up to the uh, uh, the person at the pool of Bethesda. He's like, hey, do you want to get red? well? Do you want to get well? Well, you know, we have to ask that question. I think for me, I would say that it is not fully understanding forgiveness, mm. that when we sin, forgiveness is a process. And what I mean by that is, first we have to acknowledge that we sinned. And then we need to repent that we have sinned. And then here's where it gets really tricky. 
we actually need to receive that forgiveness. Right. And we don't do that very well because we mm -hmm. keep listening to the old messages in our head. You've screwed up. You've made a mm -hmm. mistake. And embracing the forgiveness that God has for me means that that shame that I have with the divorce, that sense of failure that I have, my God is big enough for all of that. And it is really just like habit changes that you need to change the messages that you're sending to yourself to fully receive forgiveness. And uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's what I think I'd a say. lot of churches too, Alan, it's a great question. A lot of churches don't want to soft sell sin, right? And so they kind of feel like, hey, if we're really graceful toward divorced people, what are we saying? You know, it's it's almost as if they're saying, well, we don't we don't do that for other kinds of sin. Why would we do that for divorced people? Um, except there are, you know, there are different ways that people sin. And I always, you know, I want to talk to people based on where their heart is right now. What's your intention? Are you going to walk with God or are you going to walk away from God? What are you doing? How can we help you? <laughs> Uh, and Alan, I love this conversation and getting to hear from, from Bill and Jen because um, not only have they been through divorce and, and bringing a family together, but, you know, we do this, this podcast for church leaders and, and Bill and Jen lead Liberty Road Baptist Church in Jefferson City, Missouri. And so they, they've got so much insight and they're willing to share it and they do that in their church as well. Yeah, we're, we're definitely passionate about learning how to protect families. And that is obviously where Satan attacks the most. And so we have all these different forms of families and acknowledging where you are right now with your eye on the goal of obedience, as Bill was saying, and really creating a new plan for you to stay married. And again, uh, that's where we fall short in the church because we're not acknowledging these things. I mentioned to Bill earlier, if you were to stand up in the pulpit and say, how many of you uh, are guilty of adultery? How many hands would go up? How many of you are guilty of pornography? How many hands would go up? It feels the same when you ask, how many of you are in a blended family? Hey, you blended family people, you go over there. We're, we other people, we're going to go over here. But you blend, you go over there because, you, you know, you got stuff. You got stuff to deal with. And so we'll just wait for you to deal with that stuff. Instead of acknowledging, yeah. hey, we all come together here and there is no degree of sin. I know that there are some messages out there that says one sin is worse than another sin. Look, this, the, the sin that is the sin is rejecting the Holy Spirit. That is the sin. <laughs> Everything else is uh, we disobey and we need to seek God and we need to seek forgiveness. And we have a responsibility to help couples understand that they are in it with Jesus, that the three of them together, they can solve the chaos that's in their family. It's going to take some time and you're going to need some additional resources and the ones that may be accessible to you right now. But it's really important that you know that God can redeem anything. And so as a church, we need to model that, that we are here we, and acknowledge we don't really have all the answers and that's okay. But 
I want to be with you, walk alongside you so you can find the answer, so we can find them together, so we can help other families. Maybe uh, you have a couple in your church who can begin a blended family ministry. They'll probably say, well, I don't even know how to do that. Well, you can reach out to us and we can help you with that and have conversations about how you can actually minister to these families in a way that is meaningful and keeps them coming back to church. Because you know, when you feel rejected in any place, you don't want to you don't want to go back to that place. So we need have a responsibility to love on these couples in uh, really beautiful ways. Yeah, I, I appreciate that so much. I, I, it, it brings back a memory. I, several years ago, I preached a message, and in that message, I I I just wanted to show people who were in our church that had got, experienced divorce that they had not committed the unpardonable sin, and that they were valuable. And, and that they had a place in our, in our church family. And two different people came up to me after that, that message and just said, no pastors ever preached anything that made me feel welcome like that before. And uh, that was a meaningful day uh, for me um, as a pastor to experience that with them. I love that because what you just said, Alan, is you were talking to broken people right? You were speaking to broken people and how are broken people going to respond? They're going to respond when you come with a, with healing, not with judgment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I want you, know, you all to share with us. Oh, well, go ahead, Jennifer. I was just going to jump in there and say that when we aren't addressing these kind of situations, oftentimes it's because we don't know and we don't like to acknowledge that we don't know what we don't know. So we don't know. It's it's very similar to when someone passes away. And that's what many people say, gosh, I don't even know what to say to the family. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with blends. Well, I don't really know what to say. And so they don't say anything at all. And that in and of itself is rejection too. That's true. And, and because of that, I know that you all have, and you've kind of hinted at this, that you do a ministry that is kind of focused at this. And so I wanted you to have the opportunity to, to share because, uh, you know, Dana and I, we enjoy listening to your podcast and it's given us some really good insights. And, and so tell us about what you do now um, with your podcast and, and other things you do as well. All right. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's It's been a process, like everything. Uh, I would tell you, I mean, I was uh, on the road as a salesperson for many years, for 12 years, uh, working for a, a large corporation, just out selling stuff, making the money, doing whatever, right? And Jennifer uh, has become a very adept coach over time. And as she was doing that, she was doing a podcast and she was learning podcasting and all that stuff. And, and she's a student's student. I mean, this person, she gets in it. All right. And, and I love that. Um, you know, I saw what she was doing. I was inspired. Now God called me off the road. You know, he called me to focus on my church and uh, back to school. <laughs> that's what we talked about. But it, also it gave me a chance to join her. So it was, I guess, last July that we came together as uh, Bill and Jen, as opposed to Jen. Uh, and we, we created Step Family Mission Possible. And it is a, a podcast designed to speak to blended families. And, and we tell people all the time, you know, if you look at a divorce rate in our society of 45 to 50%, you know that just about half the kids around 
are in blended families. So we better get used to ministering to blended families. Yeah, the stats show 40 to 50% of your families are blended in the pews. And I would say this, let me speak to a pastor who likes to count his sheep. If that family divorces, they're all leaving. They're all leaving because, it, and, and it may be incrementally, it may not be at the same time uh, because somebody may be seen as right and the other person wronged this right person and they may receive some support from the church. But ultimately they're gonna be dealing with this. I was here with this person and my identity, if you will, what I was known for with this person that's going to feel awkward if I come into church with a new person and I don't want to experience that judgment. So if you need a compelling reason for preventing redivorce of blended family couples, it's so you can keep your sheep. <laughs> that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Pastors do more with your flock than just count them though. <laughs> get involved, get involved and, and, and love, love on them. Um, but you're right. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, we are we are dealing with something um, that's unforeseen. And, you know, we've got people now blending families who, you know, who had never been married, but are blending families for, from multiple sure. situations com coming together now. And so it's a lot more complicated even even today than it was 10 or 15 years ago. It just continues to get cloudier. Yeah, and I'll give you a couple of examples. So we have members in our church who are blended and they're in their 80s. So both of their spouses passed away and they got remarried. You might think, oh, well, they don't have any challenges in blending. Uh -huh. Well, there are some kiddos out there who might be wondering what's going to happen to their inheritance. There are some kiddos out there wondering whether or not the grandparents are going to be able to join the grandkids at Christmas or if they're gonna be in somebody else's house with some other family that they don't know, that they don't wanna know. So it's not this traditional Brady Bunch kind of blending that people may be thinking of. It, it can look very different. It can also look like grandparents are taking care of their grandchildren because something has happened with the children. That is a blended family. And mm -hmm. while not in the same context, the similar emotions and transitions are involved for those who adopt, for foster care, for, for, for those kinds of things too. That's a blend. That's bringing really, essentially it's bringing cultures together that have different experiences and they're trying to figure out what they have in common, but they're not really sure if they want to talk to each other yet. Yeah, but the way we like to explain it too is when you really think about it, the church is a blended family, aren't we? We're all <laughs> adopted children into God's family. We're not natural brothers and sisters. We're all blended together. And so learning how to do church is very similar. Right? I mean, we, you know, there's that old saying that I heard a long time ago, you know, to live above with saints we love, how that will be glory. But to live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, man. <laughs> Same way in our mm -hmm. homes. Yeah. 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 I like to well, think of our homes as laboratories for learning. Instead, of, it's to, to really shift that judgment on its head. And let's get curious. And let's think about, hey, it's okay that we've actually never done this before. Let's focus on the fact that God has given you this second chance. Let's focus on the fact that the uniqueness that you have in coming together, that that is a stewardship responsibility that God has entrusted you with, what are you going to do with it? So as we are talking about this, 
and you started this podcast, you became, Jennifer was doing a podcast on her own and then Bill and Jennifer started doing this together. Um, as you go forward and you, you've been doing this for a little while now, what really do you feel like is your goal as you do this podcast? Is it, is it to just support families or is it a broader goal? Here's what we're learning. The, the short answer is blending is hard and we make it easier. And the way that we make it easier is because we have been in the trenches and we are still in the trenches. We still have one kiddo at home. So we like to joke around and say that we have six kids. Well, I, I joke around, you say four, but I say six, come on now. So we have two boys, two girls and two dogs. And I always ask of those six, which two do you think are the easiest to parent? And we know it's we know it's the pups, right? It's the dogs. And those are most times. Most times. I don't know if you're familiar with this term. I wasn't familiar with this term until much later on, several years into blending, actually. But there's a term called an R's baby. Are you familiar with that term? An R's baby would be that Bill and I would have a baby together. So it would be his kids, her kids, and then our kids. And so mm -hmm. our our R's babies are the dogs. <laughs> and so when you think about transitions as well among the children if you have ours babies every other week they're dealing with different different siblings depending on how many kids there are how many marriages there are how, what the custody schedules are so there's mm -hmm. there's also that the loyalty issues and the favoritism issues that mm -hmm. can come into play well if it if there are babies do do they get better treatment than mm -hmm. the stepkids get because somebody's a stepkid to somebody yeah, I, think, um, I think jacob's kids <laughs> I just want to say there had to be a whole lot of infighting there. <laughs> yeah, no no actually, doubt. We read about a lot of that infighting, don't we? Uh, so back to the point of blending is hard. We make it easier. We make it easier because we are willing to ask questions in the spirit of curiosity to say, what if you could take your marriage, your step family to the next level? Mm -hmm. It's okay that you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not okay to keep looking in the rearview mirror saying, what just happened? Because right. you do go, it goes back to that, that starry-eyed phase. I mean, really, you're, you, I had a list, okay? We actually met on online dating, so you did not get the full scoop. You, the, you didn't get the full scoop, but we're not going to go all the way in there. But we met online dating, and I had lovely conversations back and forth. And I would tell you, anybody before that who told me that, they met their spouse online. I just did the teeny bopper eyeball roll. Like, yeah, <laughs> nuts? like is that even safe? What are you thinking? All those parental things like, oh, well, how crazy is that? But here, this, this, this is, this is how we met. And we met the weekend after I had gone out on a tremendously bad date. I said, dating in your 40s <laughs> sucks. Okay. <laughs> That's what I said. Dating in your 40s sucks. But I was folding laundry in the laundry room and the laundry room was on the opposite end of the house of the master bedroom. And as I was folding laundry after this horrible date, I said, God, I'm done. Like, this is ridiculous. I, 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 I mean, I want to be married again, but evidently this dating thing, it is not for me. This is not cool. It's not fun. And I'm walking, I'm halfway through the hallway with my folded clothes. And I very strongly hear that I'm supposed to pray for my future husband. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, my God, 
Uh, back in the laundry room, you know, I was just having this conversation with you and I know you hear everything all the time. So I know you heard me. So, but I'm going to say it again, just in case, you know, you had another phone call. <laughs> I don't want to do this because this is crazy. I need you to pray for your future husband. And we met that weekend and it's just, well, it's, we met that weekend and oh, we didn't really look back. So it's really yeah. interesting to see how God uses all of it all of those but god don't you know aren't you familiar with so wherever you are in your blended family or wherever you are as a pastor to blended families i just want to encourage you to love on them in the way that you know how and if you say jen i don't know how then pray and ask god for guidance on how can i love on this family and really the best thing that you can do is just approach them and say hey how are things in your family how are things going and take it from there yeah, and preparation is key too. I mean, it, it, you know, it's always what if you knew then what you know now. I mean, you have to ask the question, would you even be married? That's a fair question. But one of the things that we can do for couples who are meeting is take them through a process to talk about now, you know, it's not just your typical um, premarital counseling that you're doing here. You've got a lot of things that you got to consider that are different than what a typical pastor who doesn't know any better, you know, uh, and, and that's nothing against pastors, but you know, ignorance is bliss for some of us, uh, you know, it is, it is something that people need to know because prevention can prevent those deep patterns that can lead to another divorce. So, you know, what is the the actual goal of our ministry? It's probably what the goal of every ministry is. We want to be a great commission ministry. We want to lead people to Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate. But we also want to speak to Christians and say, we need to be aware of the traps the pitfalls, the things that are likely to come down the road, more than just possible, but likely, so that we can prevent surprise leading to tragedy. I mean, the truth is God does hate divorce, and there are many, many reasons why. If we can help somebody prepare for that, or even somebody who has you know, maybe a year, two years down the road, they're going through it. They're like, oh man, I didn't know. We can say, you know what, look, you need support. And it's always more helpful to get support from someone who knows what you're dealing with. And, and that's another area where we can be helpful. So definitely trying to minister Christ to those who are about to or are in that battle, you know, that blending can become. It's interesting. Yeah, that's such an important ministry. I remember a couple coming to me. Um, they were going to be married and blend their families together. And I said, well, for me to do the wedding, and we really need to sit down and we need to talk about some things. And I had a couple of resources we were going to work through together that were specific to them. And they said, oh, we've been married before. We know what we're doing. And uh, I just kind of wanted to, wanted to slap, slap my head. Um, yeah. on the other side of that conversation. Yeah, I think it's great that, that you did offer that. And I know that Trent is probably familiar, and Ellen, I don't know if you do the Simpus or not, but if when you have premarital counseling, 31% increase of staying married. And so we spend more time uh, filling up 
our cars with gas than we do investing in our marriages, which is really unfortunate because it really doesn't take all that much time to demonstrate love to one another or to sit down and have conversations, recurring conversations together so that you can stay um, connected. You're going to have a lot of disagreements and you're going to feel like you have no control or authority in your own home when you're the step parent. And it's not going to feel good when the ex is on the phone with the person that you married and they're talking about stuff and you're not a part of that conversation. How are you going to deal with that? What are the boundaries when you're dealing with a high conflict ex-spouse, somebody who likes to create trouble, somebody who's in parental alienation? Those are real challenges. And so even though you've been married before, you really can get blindsided by so many things. I'll go back to that example I used earlier. How will you celebrate Christmas. I mean, we learned that there was a significant difference in how we celebrated birthdays. And that was from our individual upbringing and also what we experienced in our first marriages. And so when you come together, you don't think about, well, how do you celebrate birthdays? I'll tell you what's really strange is there's a lot of stuff when you have conversations with other people that comes out about your spouse that you didn't know and you feel left out. Like, oh, you went to that school I didn't even know, we never talked about that because you connect in a different way and you don't go back, you're not living that history with that person. So when you meet people who know more about your spouse than you do, that's what it feels like. It's it's awkward, it's really, really mm -hmm. awkward. Uh, so there are lots of things that have you questioning, did I do the right thing? Like, this is hard. And it is hard. Look, married life in general is hard. Uh, culture does us no favors there. But instead of saying it's so hard, we really have practical solutions where people don't need to struggle. The thing is, is it takes acknowledging, I need some help. And it's a rare thing for couples to come together for counseling, for blended family life before they get married. And they usually end up divorced. That's usually what happens. I'll give you an example of a couple of clients that I've talked to. So we do coaching. We do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I coach stepmoms and then we do couples coaching together. And here's what I find. Gosh, I've been struggling for a little bit. I mean, it's just been really, really tough. Well, tell me a little bit about what's going on. Well, I, I feel like a stranger in my own home. I feel isolated. I feel like I'm standing at the kitchen counter and everybody else is having a conversation and I'm invisible. That doesn't feel good to me. I feel like I can't parent these kids because I'm not on the same page. In fact, I, I don't ever see us being on the same page together co-parenting effectively because what my spouse does and what I do, they just they just don't connect. Oh, okay. How long has this been going on? So remember, they said it's been going on for a little while. You know, the answer is a long time, 10 years, 15 years. Like I, I just, they, they, you stay mired in this. And I think that is because there is some shame in acknowledging that you need help. There is fear of failure. There was a commitment. I'm never getting divorced again. So I'm just going to stick it out. Let's see. The kids are 14. I can hold out till they get to be 18, right? I can hold out four more years. So it's not really living. It's not kingdom living here at all. And that is not the marriage that God has designed for us. That's not fun to be there. So people struggle a lot longer than what they realize. So I'm, I used to be shocked. 
but I'm not shocked at that answer anymore that people have been struggling as long as what they have because they're just trying to figure it out. And there's so much new that comes in day after day after day um, that it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Well, I want to I want to move to the the ministry of the church as we think about this because Billy, you said something a couple of times that I I can just picture a blended family hearing sitting in the pew that God hates divorce, and I I mean we were we're supposed to preach the whole of Scripture, and right. um, but you know it comes across to somebody who's been through that to say that well that God hates me. But, yeah. but in reality, God loves people. And, and so I want us to talk a little bit about how churches can minister to these families. Um, well, that's because if God does hate dessert. Yeah, God hates divorce, but he, he loves people. So yeah, That's such a great question, Trent, because we actually get our, our signals crossed there because what we've learned over time, the reason why God hates divorce so bad, well, there are two. One, it destroys his picture, right? It destroys his picture of Christ in the church. God is not into destroying his picture, as we learned with Moses striking the rock the second time, right? Moses, you can't go into the promised land now because you weren't supposed to strike it again. That destroyed my picture, <laughs> right? Uh, but the other reason why God hates divorce is because of what it does to us. I mean, Jennifer and I can testify, there are some pains, there are some consequences that you go through forever. You do not, I will never get the kind of relationship I could have had with my boys back when I only have them every other week. Right, I will not get the same relationship that somebody who has them living in the home all the time. So God hates divorce because of the pain that it causes. God is not into causing pain. Um, but all that being said, God is sovereign. And we do believe that he works all things for good for those who are called according to his purposes. And so even though he hates divorce. As you said, Trent, he loves you. And he takes your mess and makes something beautiful with it. And that's what he does. Now, I would never advise somebody who's just getting divorced. Yeah, just go out and get married and God will bless you. No. I mean, we've got to bring the whole self, right? And that's part of the problem for the divorce in the first place. Mm -hmm. But God will bring you on a, a road of, of healing. And when you're ready, that may be in the cards. Um, we would never tell blended families, though, that God's not for you. I mean, because one of our messages is this. If you're in a family, your family is God's family. It doesn't matter how you came to be there. God is into families. And we have too much in our society pushing the family away, trying to break the family. The family is still a good thing. And blended families are still families. Trent, I, how I hear you asking that question is, if I'm sitting in the pew and you're in the pulpit saying God hates divorce, is that what you're getting to? How do you share that message yeah. without saying that message? Well, and not just not just that message, but everything that we do as ministers, you know, we want to be 
understanding that there are people listening to us that have been through hurt. And, you know, how do we communicate the whole of Scripture and, and keep that in mind? Because I, I just don't think churches, we've done a very good job of that in explaining, you know, why that is just like Bill did. Well, I do think that having this podcast in and of itself sends a message that we're, we're going to talk about these issues and we're not going to be afraid to talk about these issues so that we can gain an understanding of when we read God Hates Divorce, I imagine for some of you that that's really difficult for you to hear. And you're recalling some of the challenges that you've experienced in your own life, whether it's been you directly or, or maybe one of your kids has gone through divorce and you know that hurt and you, you want your kid to be okay. And so in, I think it is really having trust in your community as well, in your church community to say, we're going to talk about the hard and we need to be open about the challenges that we're experiencing. And I, I do like what you said, honey, as far as God loves you. And I think it goes back to that. We're not ranking our sin here. It's not like steps right. going up to the high dive mm -hmm. that we know that w either we believe the Bible is true or we don't. And when I think about the people that God used, uh, he used sinners right yeah they do amazing things so yeah uh, and when i the the other thing i i would mention with that trent because i never want to leave it out as an apologist <laughs> you know as i want to say we have to take scripture in context and in the context where god says he hates divorce he's actually talking in the through the prophet malachi right and, and he's saying all these things you do you guys basically treat your wives as if they're throwaway commodities. You're treating them as if they're possessions. You're treating them like they don't have any value. You know what? God hates divorce. He, he's saying value your marriage, value your relationship. But he's not speaking to individual brokenness there. He's speaking to the culture and saying, you better value the institution of marriage a lot more than you do because by not doing so you don't understand who god is i love your analogy of the picture you know that that marriage is god's picture you know and i think ephesians does a good job of, of painting that of painting that for us and so um i appreciate that so it, for us pastors and our churches out there you know we we want to have enduring ministries we want to encourage people in our churches to have enduring marriages and enduring families so what are some of the practical things that a church could do to to minister directly to people um, in blended families of of all sorts, whether that's through through uh, divorce and remarriage or fostering or whatever may cause their blendedness? Yeah, it's such a great question. It is a good question. First, first step: acknowledge them. Acknowledge them. And that can be very simple. Uh, you know, you might have a youth that comes every other week. Right. Rather than considering that to be a pain in the neck, make it a little easier for him or her. Right. You know, hey, you know, save stuff for you. Here's here's next week's lesson. Whatever is going to help them. Hey, well, I appreciate that. You know, you know, I can't be here next week. Um, so acknowledge them. Treat them like they belong, mm -hmm. but also that you understand that they may have some unique challenges that other families in your church might not have. We're real fans of, of blended family ministries. And 
pastors should know where your nearest blended family ministry is because you can really help a lot of people that way. By the way, in a counseling session or, or just uh, you know a conversation that you get into, you might want to check this out. It can, it can help with the unique situations that you're going through. I think pastors will do well to maybe read a couple of books about blended families. Ron Deal is a tremendous author who has written a lot of information about blended families. Um, listen to a podcast like ours, you know, that tells you, oh, here's some things that people in your church may be going through. Because if we're going to be good pastors, then we got to be good shepherds to everybody. And not all the sheep are in the same situation. I think that goes back to, Alan, the example that you were giving when you were talking about blended families and acknowledging them. So for those pastors, after they hear this and go listen to an episode of Step Family Mission Possible, we'll have a we'll give you a link where they can download a guide and they can put that information in their bulletin, just scan the QR code to listen to the podcast. If they got up in the pulpit and said, hey, I've... I, there's something unusual in the bulletin today. So if you find yourself in a blended family or you know somebody in a blended family, then please pay attention to the bulletin. Here's a resource that can help you. And if there's anybody out there who is interested in taking this to the next level of starting a blended family ministry, hey, I've looked around and realized I missed this. I didn't even realize that there was a need, but now I know. And we got to get something going here so that we can address those unique needs that come up families. And as a sidebar, what I was thinking of, I've been in administration long enough to know as a note to pastors or other leaders in the ministry, if you have people grumbling on staff about these kids only come every so often, think about why that is, that that may not be because they don't want to come to church. It may be that they have a parent who's not allowing them to come to church. It could be that. Um, and, and they're not going to come out and say that. And if somebody comes to church and they got a bunch of bags because they got to carry luggage from house one to house two, they there's some shame in that for the kid. Like that's not comfortable for them. So so maybe a real practical thing is you can make sure you've got a cubby hole for right at the entrance that people can stash stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, get creative and and determine what the needs are in your church. But if you don't know how many blended couples are there are in your church in your church family, that might be a great place to start to see if you have a need in your in your church. Absolutely. Well, and we know the statistics that you mentioned earlier that there's going to be about half of our church. It should be um, our blended families, uh, you know, if we just go strictly on statistics. And so we know it's a need. And I am so glad that you mentioned, you know, we should be reading books and we should be getting to know the families in our church on a deeper level than shaking their hand as they leave the sanctuary on Sundays. And so we get to hear their stories. That's what makes them real and, and just get to love them by hearing their stories. So I think that's so important. Yeah, and I think the more you acknowledge it, Trent, the more they're going to share those stories too. Because some people, I mean, if they don't know that you even care about blended families, they might just tell you, yeah, we met here or there. You know, we got a couple of children. That's it. You know, and you don't really get to know the story, but that's a matter of trust. Yeah, that's a that's a just a valuable right there, pastors. If you're listening to this, um, acknowledge this. Have empathy 
you know, I think the having empathy for people in our in our church and what they are going through and what they're experiencing is so important. You know, um, thinking about thinking about what it sounds like to that to that 13 year old boy whose whose world has has collapsed around him and doesn't doesn't know what to do with that or you know um the just the the brokenness that's that's in there we really need to put ourselves in the in the shoes of our people sometime and i think if we do that we have a much better chance of enduring um in our ministry and having a fruitful uh, ministry on the other side for sure yeah so bill and jen will you um as we kind of wrap this up will you share um just briefly and we'll also put a link on our show notes but um how can they find you all and get in touch with you all and maybe listen to your podcast it's so easy so if you are looking for a step a podcast on step families go to stepfamilypodcast.com stepfamilypodcast.com and you'll find us there so again if you forget and you're thinking hey they come podcasts about step families google show me the podcast about step families and step family mission possible will pop on up there great uh, uh, and i i would say again that i i've really enjoyed listening to your podcast and i've learned a lot just from getting to visit with both of you um, and I can say very positively that um, Bill and Jen Rogers are awesome people that you should get to know, and they will help you in this and walking through this in your life. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I, I want to add a PS, if I may add a PS. Uh, we still struggle. So please, if you've been listening to this and think we got it all together, I mean, we look good. You all can't see us, but we look good, but we don't have it all together. We haven't figured out all the answers, but we figured out a bunch of them that can help take you to this level. So in August of 2022, we'll be celebrating eight years. And the first four years were really, really hard. The first two of those first four were, uh, I want to call them dangerous years that we, we, could have had different kinds of trouble for sure. Uh, and so God has been so good to use all of those experiences and to get us to this point where we really are on a mission to save marriages and to let people know that they belong, that God loves them, that God's blessings for their marriage are the same. No matter what right. marriage you're in, God has blessings for you. Now he's asking you, are you going to receive them? And that goes back to that seeing this is a stewardship responsibility that God has entrusted you with these talents and he's, he's going to be checking on you. How much, how much more did you make? <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it, it's so important for us to mention too, that, you know, God wants us to seek him, right? Mm. He'll be found by us when we seek him with all of our heart. That's what Jeremiah says. God wants us to seek him. And no matter where you are, no matter what you've broken, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God will receive you just as you are. And he will make something beautiful just as you are. And pastors, hear me on this. No matter how you've ministered, no matter what you've done in the past, God will use you as an ambassador right where you are to the people that he puts in your path. And there's no accident at all, the people that God puts in your path. That is a great word, and that's a great word to uh, send us out on today because it's such such an encouragement. God wants us to endure. He wants us to persevere. And really, it's those, those 
things that we really work through while we look up at him and, and reach out to him that, that helps us endure. So, uh, Bill, Jen, we just want to thank you guys for joining us today. We have been blessed to have you on here. I know it's been an encouragement um, to our listeners out there. We want to see you, your church, endure. We also want to see your families endure. So thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out our notes for all the contact information. There'll be in a link there. And make sure you tune back in next week for the Enduring Churches podcast. Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun.